0: Good evening, my friends. Last week, I told you that I would dream up another adventure for you. Or rather, that we would. And we have. We've dreamed this one up just for you. First, what can I say in the way of an introduction? I haven't got much of one this week, I'm afraid. We haven't been left alone, she and I, you see, but that is fine. We don't want to be left alone. We fear that. Instead, we are accompanied by the consistent and constant sound of wings flapping. We see all the time the shadow of humanoid figures in the sky overhead. Yet when we look up, they are gone. We are left, frequently, with little gifts to be found, loose feathers mostly, but sometimes something else, a red rose, left deliberately and conspicuously in the middle of our path. So, I think our offer of peace has been accepted. Tentatively, I even think that my stranger is trying to win me back. But I, I want, I think, to protect my sad little writer. I could handle my heart being broken. I could handle breaking his heart. But I don't know if she could. I also think I want to protect my precious freedom, and more than that, my joy. It is such a fragile thing, but I have to try to preserve it. Because if I don't, then I open myself to becoming trapped again. I must stay on the run. I must stay light and unencumbered and joyful and self-sufficient. And I plan to leave the world alone. Aside from the fact that I would like to equip all of you with the knowledge that everything you could ever possibly dream up or imagine in your dark heart is real, or at least can be real, and that you must take care with your imagination. One strange girl couldn't do that, and look where it's got her. (laughs) I'm only joking. Please don't worry. I'm very grateful. You must believe me. Anyway, on that note, taking care of your imagination, let me help you with that tonight. I want to tell you that story I mentioned. The adventure we dreamed up just for you. Well. Basically, for you. Though it did happen to someone else. It happened to many people, actually. But it could easily happen to you. If you want it to. If you don't, don't worry. You can turn this off and go on a different adventure. But, if you're feeling brave, follow me tonight. First, I want you to follow me down a dirt trail, shrouded in mist, surrounded by green trees, at dusk. I want you to smell the grass, wet and fresh, through the chill of the air, almost too cold. There is a house up ahead, a large house. A manor house, in fact. Large, extravagantly large, and beautiful. Though clearly untended, at least from the outside. There are misplaced bricks and gargoyles who are missing their heads. Not that you can see them from this distance, mind you. Right now, your main task is to enter through the gate. The gate... It's tall and black, twisted lovingly into spirals and patterns long ago. So long ago that the black paint is peeling off in certain places, revealing rusted metal beneath. Even these patches of orange, however, add to the beauty of the thing. Wasn't the gate shut when you first arrived? No matter. It isn't shut any longer. It's wide open. And the manor house seems to call out to you Come in, come in, come in, come in wanderer. wanderer. And what else can you do but obey? And so you go through that gate, and already, It feels as though the wind has stopped entirely. As though the leaves on the trees have ceased to tremble. As though the birds have stopped singing. As though time itself has decided to stop. Because you have passed through the gate to this manor house. You know that your feet have never taken you to this place before. You know this. Yet you go forward knowing exactly what the door looks like, even before you reach it. It is carved with two figures, a man and a woman. They have been hewn from the dark wood of the door, and so one cannot tell the color of their eyes, their hair, or their robes. But the smiles on their faces are welcoming, and there is a hint of glee behind their carved eyes. Their hands are turned upward in a gesture of hospitality. There is no doorknob. Taking them up on their generous offer, you extend your hands and push against the door. It opens for you. As you enter, you are, for whatever reason, surprised at the fact that the main hall is dark. There are cobwebs, streaking across the corners draping themselves across chandeliers, statues banisters the place is deserted and has been for many many years but you can tell that this was once a grand hall a place of celebration of gathering of something else wander around Where would you like to go first? Would you like to go upstairs? Would you like to explore the bedrooms, decadent and lush and comfortable, despite the beds being covered in a thick layer of dust, and the rooms blackened due to the coating of crawling vines across the outside of the windows? Would you like to smell the old perfumes and colognes of the masters of this house, long gone? Or would you perhaps rather go to the dining room and see the table, as long as the room itself, long enough to seat fifty people? You could see the place settings, the rows of forks and knives of pure silver, still placed in perfect symmetry, despite the fact that spiders have made their homes in the delicately painted teacups and hidden within the long-ago wilted floral centerpieces. You might decide to go to the ballroom, where one of the first existing pianofortes still sits, though many of its keys are stuck, and the hammers may not move as deftly. But if you played one of the keys that does work, even still... It would ring out and echo through the high golden ceilings and across the painted pillars of the chamber, making the silk curtains shiver with the vibrations of that single note. But you might want to go down to the basement. In fact, yes... Yes, you would definitely want to go downstairs, to the basement, before you visited any of those other rooms. You would want to go, because that is the heart of this house. A heart that is not beating at the present moment. You could tell that the instant you entered when you saw all the signs of decay and neglect. But that however, is an illusion. That is something to keep away unwelcome visitors, those who do not find this to be home. You, however, feel that you've been destined to find this place forever. No, not find it. Return to it. Remember, this is all familiar and you've known this the whole time that the basement is where you must go first. Not only because you know exactly what is in every other room already, but because you must resuscitate the heart of this house. The basement is not home to a spare room, nor a furnace, nor a place to store unneeded things. It is instead a series of stone corridors. Damp, dripping, ancient and abandoned. Abandoned for centuries. It's older than the house. Much, much older, this cellar. Though, as you walk through, ancient torches light up as you pass. I cannot say why or how. I can only say that it is both a comfort and a terror all at once. In these corridors, you notice that the tightly packed bricks change their pattern here and there, in order to accommodate what seem to be stone coffins in the walls. This is no basement. This is a crypt. Yet you do not stop here. You keep going, because you know that you must. The corridor narrows and narrows. And at the end of the hall you see a little stone basin and a small knife with a gilded handle encrusted with shining rubies. Ah, yes. You remember this. You might decide to take the blade and make an offering. Just a small one. Just a little blood, that's all and you certainly don't have to. I wouldn't want you to give too much, that you would feel weak. I wouldn't want you to give more than you felt was necessary. A prick of the finger even might suffice. It is less about the quantity so much as it is about the intention. I promise, you shan't be making an offering to anything that would call itself evil though I'm sure nothing calls itself evil. Remember, I do not care for that word. All I suggest is that, if you are curious to piece together the mystery of this manor house, you might offer just a little bit of that which keeps you alive in order to restart the heart of this place. Do you do it? Of course you did. You don't want me to stop telling the story, I don't think. And so, you must. It takes just a minute or so before it happens. Before the offering that was made could instantly evaporate into the air and stir the noses of the sleepers in the crypt. Even a small offering could bring hearts to beat and lungs to gasp and muscles to twitch. Because it is blood that they crave, but also because it is your blood, and you are home, at last. But, admit it, it was frightening when you heard the rattling of the stone coffins around you. It was terrifying when you heard voices calling out from within those stones. And when you heard the sound of sliding and the huge clash of a great stone lid falling to the ground, you could do nothing but run from the basement. Suddenly you wanted to run from this house entirely. Trapped in this basement, you want nothing more than to be outside in the fresh air and away from this place. And as you mount the stairs and slam the door behind you, you realize the sun has set, and inside the house the place is almost pitch black. How awful fumbling in the dark, when all you want is to be outside where the air is crisp and clear, and the moonlight, dim though it may be, may just be enough to help you find your way back through that beautiful gate and out towards wherever home is. But where is home? Where is your home? You You are home. home. Voices whisper it all around you. Different breezes blow past your ears and all around you. And though you've reached that immense door from before, you do not open it. Because the chandelier slowly ignites itself one candle at a time. And all throughout the home, other lamps, torches, candelabras, and candles light themselves too. The cobwebs crack and sizzle and disappear. The home, once black and gray and dead, is now golden and red and alive, throbbing like a living heart and footsteps you hear all around you. At first slow and halting and uneven, and when you see who was causing them, you understand why. Corpses, all around in the finest garments enter the main hall. Fine folk from all across the great span of time, all buried in their best, have woken up for you. Frightful faces, perhaps with missing eyes and drawn lips and grey skin, surround you. But just as you feel you might scream, they, like the house, slowly piece themselves back together. They are rejuvenated and present, bright-eyed, with quick heartbeats and glorious smiles, albeit smiles with fangs, but that is of little consequence. Their clothes, no longer moth-eaten and soiled with dirt, shine in the colors of any jewel you could imagine. Silks and satins and lace and tulle Gems and pearls and ribbons All these things fly around you as they spin Greeting one another and bowing to you As fascinated with you as you are with them Though they look at you with hunger You're certain they wouldn't hurt you You, who came of your own volition You who gave them even just the smallest of tastes of what it is they need, what it is they crave, what it is they are. Blood. 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 They may even whisper, celebrating that which has woken them from their centuries of slumber. In the ballroom that you never deigned to visit, you can hear a piano perfectly tuned in each of its 88 keys, playing music sweetly and enticingly. It is a song that is for you, but it is also about you. It was written for your arrival, your triumphant return. And once they are all present and around you, they wait In a startling, terrible silence, they wait. They wait and watch at the top of the staircase. They wait for the clock to strike midnight. Even if it is not midnight, they wait for the sound. And the chimes finally come. From the chambers upstairs come two figures. Not from the basement... From the bedrooms, the host, the hostess, the king and queen of these proceedings. A man, a woman, dressed in red, each of them, more splendid than any other here. The woman's skirts swirl all about her and leave behind a train of shimmering crimson, while the man's coat sleeves float down to the floor and make every twist of his wrists and gesture of his hands an elegant display of scarlet. And though they too arrived as little more but skeletons and sinew, as they descend the stairs, their skin, their eyes, their hair, and their flesh slowly form once more. And oh, how radiant they are! How shining, how resplendent! How unusual their beauty how powerful they seem how untouched by the cold cruel outside world how golden and warm this house is this home you have always been welcome here as the pair descend the stairs they come to you and they smile and they wait For an answer. You see, you can stay, or you can leave. You've always had that power. Take care with your imagination. Sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between it and dreams, and we all know that dreams and reality are separated by a very, very, very thin Fine line. You were brave to follow me tonight. I hope you trust that I didn't lead you to somewhere that would cause you pain or fear. Mm, Not too much fear, anyway. This is a place I visit often. I wanted to take you there. I wanted you to feel what it is to return to a place you may never have been in this waking life. But you may have been there, in some dark, distant corner of your mind, some little pocket of your soul, that lives in a place where it is always a midnight masquerade with lovely things that may die, but may always come back and surround you with warmth and music when you so desire. You were brave to follow me tonight. I hope the place you followed me to was worth it. It certainly was for me. Sleep well, my friends. We'll speak again soon. Good night. Hello, my friends. I hope you're having a great weekend. This is Kristen Zaza, the writer, host, podcaster, entire team of one over here at On a Dark Cold Night. Thanks so much for joining us for episode 96. I'd like to start first by sending a big thank you to iTunes user POLJMC, P-O-L-J-M-C, in Great Britain, who left us a five-star review titled Amazing. It reads, while listening to this, I'm simultaneously creeped out and delighted. Kristen's voice is mesmerizing, and the music is beautiful. I would definitely recommend. Thank you so much for this wonderful review, Poll JMC, and thank you for listening. Next up, we have a five-star review that just came in yesterday from K Bart called Just a Listener, and then a heart emoji. It says, I'm personally hoping for another 100 stories, but no pressure. Just one more, please. And thank you, your voice, the added music and sounds are like sitting round the fire telling stories. I'm grateful for podcasts, especially yours. Bravo. Thank you so much for that very sweet review, K-Bart. I know I've been a bit vague about this lately, deliberately so, but to answer your question, there will be a season two, and therefore another 100 stories. I'll announce more details soon, but I'll just be taking a very short break, then coming back into it. Stay tuned, and thanks again, K-Bart. I'd also like to thank Dawn H., who left us a recommendation on Facebook saying, Incredibly spooky and relaxing, an excellent bedtime story for weirdos. Thank you so much for taking the time to recommend the show, Dawn. If you'd like to support On a Dark Cold Night, you can also leave me a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our Facebook page. You can support the show a different way, too, by visiting my Patreon page, where every monthly patron of any amount receives access to my constantly updated soundtrack of the show, as well as a shout-out on air and over social media. To find out more, visit patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com darkcoldnight if you'd like to donate just once and don't want to receive the soundtrack perk. And as usual, we also have On a Dark Cold Night t shirts and hoodies available at bonfire.com slash on dash a dash dark dash cold dash night. Another great way to support for free is to reach out via social media and spread the word there. You can find me on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or on my Facebook or YouTube channel, both called On a Dark Cold Night. Thank you so much for listening in tonight. I hope you have a restful, peaceful evening and a great week until we speak again. Sleep well, my friends. Good night.